Hi, it's episode 4, season 4 of Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, John Steggles from Merchester. Hello. And Connor Manetto from Illinois, Chicago. Hello. Right, uh, before we begin with the pod, I um, must apologise um, for last week's podcast and the Darth Vader noises um, that you <laughs> might, might have come across on the pod. Um, apologies, um, we'll make sure that doesn't happen this week. Um, Burnley, um, let me come to you first, John. Where did it all go wrong? Where did it go right? Um, block, 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 block. Uh, basically, they set up like Chelsea, didn't they? Forced us wide. It, uh, such a frustrating afternoon. Such a frustrating afternoon. Made worse by me having to ultimately watch it on a stream via Periscope from Thailand because I couldn't watch it any other way. Nothing was working for a lot of people today. And I know there was lots of problems uh, with the uh, streams in the Amer- in America as well. So with the, the lots of the supporters club com- complaining about the uh, ESPN gold not working properly. So I don't know how many people outside actual Wembley Stadium got to see it properly. But it was it was rubbish, wasn't it? Build up play was slow. Didn't check out take our chances, and it, it cost us. We looked like uh, we did under AVB. I think today it was it was rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Connor, was it that bad? Um, I think Pochettino has said that it was concentration at the end that lost it, and that you know we were we deserved a lot more. I think that's right. I think we did something today that we don't normally do, and that is when things aren't working, we don't just revert back to the you know switch the ball side to side and look for a way in. And instead, we tried um, different ways of attacking, uh, whether it was different movement, different passes, Toby coming up forward in the center a couple times, things like that. And I, I think we just weren't as prepared for what happens um, when we don't have our normal shape when the ball gets turned over in midfield. I mean, I, I'm not one to say that you win, you know, you were the better team if you win possession as, as well as we did. Um, but we had so many chances, and it was just it was tough to tough to watch um, us not convert them. But but I mean, I, that, those last moments were were rough to watch as well because it, I, I don't want to say it's a lack of concentration because it wasn't like we just flipped the script in the last moment. I mean, they had a lot of chances towards the towards the end of the match that I mean they were just bad bad for our defense like that one cross right at the end where it passed three of our ba- players on the back line and no one no one even touched it and luckily there wasn't a uh, a Burnley player there to to tap it in but I I mean I don't think it was I don't think it was a horrible performance but I don't know it, it, it didn't look very good I mean it's 
people complain that we have got a lack of pace. When you're playing against 10 men who stick behind the ball, it's not the lack of pace that kills you. It's how quickly we move the ball. And yeah, we tried some other things today, but there was a lack of quick build-up play today. And it does cost you when it's being tippy-tapped around the box. Um, I don't think that we look like we're ready for the season. I think we're a couple of weeks behind some of the teams, if I'm honest. It, it can be. It was painful to watch. It really was. Um, you know, it, we failed to see out a draw last week against Chelsea, and we <clears> didn't <throat> learn the lesson again. Just before I throw my two pennies over on 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 the performance, just interesting what you said there, John, about not starting, um, not not looking as though we're ready at the moment. Um, isn't that really symptomatic of, of a problem that 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 we've had for a, a few seasons um, under Pochettino. If you go back to his first season, first three matches, we got six points, which is actually probably best start if you, if you, if you just take the first three, three games. Um, two seasons ago, we've, I think we only got two points from our first um, three matches. Last season, we got five. This season, we got four. So... We perhaps we are perhaps there is some there is some truth in that. I mean, we had a, a, a question or comment from Ed Brad who says deja, deja vu with our starts to the season and our inability to close games out. What needs what needs to improve? Um, maybe we're just yeah we're just mm. I, 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 not quite ready yet. Perhaps when the, the transfer window closes and everything settles and we know who's staying and who's. Um, Who's coming in, and 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 or who we're not going to sign, and all of those question marks are resolved. Um, then maybe the focus is there. Even if if you cast your mind back, even a few years ago under Harry Redknapp, I, I remember the beginning of that season, twenty eleven twelve, his last season. We were woeful the first two games. We lost to United away, and then we got smashed by Man City at home. Um, and then there was a transfer window, and uh, Scott Scott Parker and Adebayor came in, and we put together a really good run. Um, I mean, I I don't think that we're not ready. I think the difference these last two matches has just been our finishing. And I mean, that might, that might be that we're just not 100% there, but we've looked really, really strong through large parts of both matches. And the, 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 uh, the free kick goal at Chelsea, I mean, it was a beautifully stri- struck ball. It's tough to really chop, chop that up to, you know, a lack of concentration. I think it's just, it's, I think the, the story of these first three matches are just not converting um, in the latter two um, when we had wonderful opportunities. And I think that'll turn around quickly. I think we've, we've looked for large chunks of these last two games very well. So it's hard for me to think that we're just not, we're not primed yet. I think, um, there is some element of truth in that because if 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 we taken our chances in both games, it would be a different story. It's, there's certainly fine lines um, between victory and 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 defeat or, or victory and, and draws. But that being said, overall, where I would agree with John is, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it was as bad as the AVB days. Yeah, I think the build-up was slow, particularly in the first half. I thought second half we were a lot better. There was some nice. Um, one-touch pa- passing between Ericsson and Ali and Kane outside the box. There were a few good movements. There was um, 
Connor, what you, you referred to earlier when Toby brought the ball forward, um, we had a little bit more urgency. There was a period, I thought, in the second half, before we scored the goal and afterwards, where I felt we looked we looked okay. And I think if we'd got that second goal, it would have been a different story. Um, I completely agree. And I, and I also wanted to, uh, just quickly, the point John made about um, the common notion is that we need more pace in the squad. I don't think, I completely agree that this game was not about our lack of pace for getting in uh, an additional goal either. So I agree with that point a lot as well. I mean, the, the squad's not settled. We, we're buying late again. We never seem to buy early. Um, and what? Moreover, I know it, there there is no curse, but Wembley just isn't home. It's not White Hart Lane. Mm. It's a voluminous bowl of red seats, and I, I um, I'm, I'm struggling to find the the motivation to go this season. If I'm honest, you because the couple of times I've been there, I've just not liked it. I think I think athletes want to feel like their home field is their own like they own it and i think that psyche is very important for for an athlete when they go out onto their home pitch that's part of like what it is this is my locker room this is my field we own this um and i can't imagine that wembley feels like that right now but it's you know it's it's a card we've been dealt with this where we're playing our our football this season we've just got to get on and, and and just get on with the task in hand there's nothing we can do about it um it does slightly concern me i'm, I'm going to pick, pick you up on this john it does slightly concern me because you've just said and I, I can totally understand the sentiments that you've expressed about not wanting to there's less of a motivation and particularly i know you you, you know you're you don't live in london you come down from 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 Manchester, it, it's not um, it costs a lot of money. It's it's not close necessarily. So I, I I totally respect that. But if everybody, if every fan took that mindset, and a lot do, a lot a lot of people, for example, have season tickets and they and they don't go and they loan them out, then surely that just creates an even bigger problem. It just it just feeds feeds that the problem that we've got and and makes it even worse. And it creates that environment that is going to be. It's not going to be, you know, uplifting for the players. The players are then, in turn, not going to put in good performances. It becomes a vicious circle. Yeah, that, that's a that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I've I've heard rumblings today on a, a, a couple of forums I was going through that that people weren't liking it. They don't like the journey. They don't like the the, the, the seats they've got are fine, but they don't like the, uh, the 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 whole surroundings of Wembley or actually Wembley Stadium itself. Uh, it, it is difficult for me to get to Wembley. It, it probably add another hour and a half onto a journey and uh, and getting out as well. Um, you know, the the argument is should we have gone to Milton Keynes and offered a season ticket um, amnesty for people and, and just taken the bullet and had a smaller stadium. Um, you know, it, it, what was the gate today? Sixty-seven thousand. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good, to be honest. For Burnley, that's pretty good. And you know, don't get me wrong. I will go and see Mo, the beloved Spurs this season. I will make the journey down there, but it, it's not going to be as frequent as I'd want it to be. I think I'm just being negative because of, uh, the last couple of minutes really pissed me off. Okay, well, so. we've got a few questions around Wembley. I'll, I'll come to in a minute. Um, just on. <clears throat> Just back on the game, um, we had a question, another one from Ed Brad saying, Delhi's subdued celebrations, any views? Now, I didn't see 
I was at the other end of the the, the goal, so I didn't see. Um, uh, I didn't get a chance to see the celebrations. I saw this goal, but um, was it particularly subdued? Um, watching it on the on the stream, it. I didn't. I didn't get that impression. Uh, but looking back and thinking back on it now, I can see why it came across subdued. I just think that um, it was. It wasn't a particularly spectacular goal, and he was surrounded by all all the other uh, the players immediately. So I didn't take it as um, as anything significant. But um, others might have different views. Um, he missed the first chance and then stabbed the second one in so he could have been embarrassed for not scoring and they could have also just got the hairdryer at half time and he, you know, it was just the pressure of you know, actually of, of, of performing that he didn't but uh, yeah he did, uh, for me he did it, as soon as I saw it I thought he's not celebrated he sort of just turned and walked away from the goal There's no, there was none of the usual wheeling away arms out or anything it, it was it was a weird celebration. I hope there's not nothing in it. And I don't want to make a mountain of a molehill, but you know, there, there, there wasn't any joy there in his face or anything. There wasn't even a smile. Mm. The, I, I, I didn't have a good view of it. What I did notice was there were a few um, passages play in the first half where, for example, I think it might have been Ericsson didn't pass the ball to him and he, he, he showed his frustration. Now, I don't know quite what to read into that, other than perhaps he just has a desire to win, and 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 maybe that maybe that that's all it was, or, or or I don't know if there's anything anything more to it. But there were a few occasions I I just noticed perhaps he didn't seem hundred percent himself. But like if we're winning, if people are scoring goals, if if we're winning and playing good football, um, then it's all roses. Um, as soon as things don't go as well as they should or as well as we expect and then we as fans get frustrated players can show their frustration it's human nature I still think for me overall there were glimpses I thought Harry there were a few good things within today's match a few positives I thought um, Harry Kane had a really good game um, and he was very unlucky not to not to get on the score sheet Um, that's again another August come and gone where he hasn't scored but um, I think look, we've got the international break, so um, we've got a few incomings, transfer incomings, um, which we'll discuss in, in a minute. But I, I, I think it's early days. I, I think I honestly think that we'll be okay. And you know, cast your mind back to last season. <coughs> we beat Palace the first first home game of the season. We narrowly won that one nil. It was it wasn't for a late Wanyama goal. It would have been a different st- story. We drew to Liverpool. Um, and the only other game that we dropped points at home was to Leicester, and we were, we were woeful that day. And there were other games at home that we did win, but we weren't superb. So, you know, it, things could have worked out differently, perhaps, if, we, if we'd if we got that second goal. Um, it might have been over, but... Uh, one of the issues is, if you looked at the bench today, what do we have to bring on to change the game? And he took off Sun and put on Sissoko. There's, there's, you know, there's nothing really there that you know, <laughs> yeah. excite people coming off the bench. I think what the, what this game, just to build on that point, I think what this game was missing was Eric Lamella. I mean, yeah. I think I think he would have been he would have been 
you know, what I, watching Winks come on and just charge after the ball with without stop and with just an excitement to play, I think Lamella would have brought that from the opening kickoff and would have changed the the pace of the game and the their ability to press us in the first half, everything. I think Lamella would have changed the game, and I completely agree with you that we really didn't have much off the bench to really change what was happening. I'm yearning for Lamella to come back. He would have probably got us over the line in a couple of games that he missed last season in the league, and we maybe maybe he'd have finished with a few more points if he'd have been about. Um, he's a big miss, big yeah. miss for me. Lamella's a miss and couldn't do did okay in preseason. He was out injured. Um, Janssen perhaps could have given us something different, although I struggle to see who, who we would have bought, bought off for him, but he certainly could change the di- dimension. Um, Sissoko, I'm not his biggest fan, but I actually thought he did okay when he came on. He's not a game changer, but um, perhaps Sun was tired and not fully fit. Um, and I thought Sissoko did actually did okay when he came on. Um, Let's move it on. Just going back to Wembley, question from Greg Taylor. Um, fed up with broadcasters going on about our, our Wembley form. We played one league game, one league match there. Um, this is actually sent prior to, the, to today's game. Yes, we lost the match, but it was against last year's EPL champions. The other matches, all cup matches we lost at Wembley, are relevant to our league form. Um, and obviously Burnley, who we drew to, to, um, against today lest we forget they beat Chelsea on the first day of this season um, does Greg have a point? Uh, no yes and no um, it's early days there there is I mean it, if anybody's going to know about a curse uh, somebody from Chicago would be able to finish <laughs> about curses um, look it, it, it's not home we've got to get used to playing there uh, it, it is early days. I, 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 we've just got to keep going. And last, like you say, last season's form, we were only slightly better off. And now we'll turn a corner and it'll be fine. But at the moment, it's the, the, the media like to make a mountain out of a molehill. And my God, have they made a mountain out of it. Hmm. Um, a couple couple more questions on Wembley David Phipps how are you finding Wembley my first trip this season but it doesn't feel the same if you know what I mean not only the journey um, but it just doesn't feel like home Um, he goes on to say he'll have have a better opinion after today Um, and then Richard Healy are you at all concerned about Wembley this year after we built our success last season on our home form it's already clear we're going to be nowhere near as good as home this season. Uh, he just goes on to say, by the way, I'm happy about the decision to play there and all that. It just makes me nervous for the season ahead. Um, so, two things there. Um, on To answer David's question, yeah, I, it, it's not home. Um, it's not an ideal world, but you know, it, it is what it is. And it's only for one season. Um, I was there today. The frustrating f- aspects for me were... The atmosphere was okay, like we said, 67,000 people. Um, there were, I don't know, again, how it came across on TV when you guys were watching. For me... Good atmosphere. Good lots atmosphere. Of singing. Okay. I could, yeah, I could hear right. lots of singing. The frustrating thing for me, I was sat in Club Wembley and I wasn't anywhere near that singing. So I had four seats to my left, two of which were filled um, and the other two were empty. And then three people next to me who um, were clearly there 
perhaps for the first time for a game of football, mate, or whatever, and they weren't Spurs fans, um, and they weren't thinking long. Um, it, they it just seemed like it, it was an alien thing for them. Um, we also had, um, as I was walking up Wembley Way, there was a, 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 a family, Spurs fans, child had a Spurs away kit from last season, Ericsson at the back, all seems good. Um, and then he had a half and half scarf, which I just Ugh. find, yeah. Um, but do you know what? I don't have an issue with tourist fans because at the end of the day, you've opened up, we're playing at Wembley, so that's going to open up um, access to, to watching Spurs to, to lots of other people who, who might generally struggle. You know, when we had a 36,000 or, or less, as it was last season, stadium, to, to get to that opportunity to watch Spurs, some of whom might be Spurs fans that seldom get that opportunity, some of whom might be just fair-weather football fans. Um, but that's not their fault. That They're there, and um, I've got a bigger issue with the people who are season ticket holders and don't want to be there because they don't like Wembley, because... They don't like the atmosphere, all of that sort of thing. Yet they're committed in so far as they're season ticket holders, and they would otherwise go. Um, and most of whom maybe live, say, in London or Essex or somewhere, not a million miles away from from Wembley. Um, okay, it might be slightly more difficult to get to Wembley than it is White Hart Lane, say, if you're coming from Essex. I, I, I accept that, but even so, and they've got no inclination, no desire to come to Wembley they'll probably probably would have attended last week wouldn't have enjoy, enjoyed the experience and they're like that's it I've written off Spurs for, for the rest of the season home games and they'll quite happily sell their tickets to um, you know these corporates or fair weather fans or whatever you want to call, call them and I think those people are being quite irresponsible and they're just creating that problem uh, the f- the the thing is, there's a reluctant, you know, uh, resistant to the change. They're going to, soon, sooner or later, it's going to be. I told you Wembley'd be shit. I told you Wembley'd be a problem. I told you it's all going to go pear ship, pear shape, and that's why I'm not going. And and yeah, that that is an issue, to be honest with you. And and kind of I'm going against what I said earlier on about not wanting to go to Wembley. That kind of makes me want to go more and and sing, um, and and stand up for my club a little. So you've you've talked me around uh, there, Jav. Uh, uh, to to be fair. Um, John, I, I I totally get from your perspective. You know, you're not a season ticket holder. You live in in, in Urchester and in, in, in Milton Keynes, and and I can I can completely understand that if you're going to make that journey, that pilgrimage to to the Lane or now Wembley, um, it's got to be worth your, worth your while. I, I completely get that. And and by the way, you'd probably come and you'd probably go into it with all the best will in the world and and want to contribute to that atmosphere but you'll probably find it's very as i have find it very difficult to sing when you're a lone voice and when you've got people you've either got empty seats around you or you've got people who don't want to contribute but i suppose it's a bit like voting if if you don't participate in a, if you if you say oh well none of the above are um uh represent me and you don't vote and everybody takes that attitude then you 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 end up with a result which 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 you don't want, and similarly, I, I just feel that if people are just constantly saying, "Oh, well, I knew it was going to be shit," oh, well, well that's it, I'm not going to go, then that that mindset can be contagious. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, there, somebody I've just read something. Somebody said there was there was nervousness in the crowd around the 80th, 85 minutes because they could see the way it was going, and if that 
it's from the opening minute of the game that will affect the team. Um, and that, we, I, I think that's a huge point too because I don't have you know I don't have the stats in front of me, but last season, the end of games we took it to another level. We we our play stepped up as the game went on, especially late in the second half. And I think a lot of that comes from the energy of the crowd. So if the if the crowd is not behind the squad, if the crowd is you know not trying to lift our our boys up for the last you know 15 20 minutes if they have that nervousness that's going to that's going to make its way to the to the players so i think that's that's a huge problem um the other thing is the point that richard healy m- made about the season ahead or i think that he's making it's, it's the fact that okay so there is a great danger that this season will come and go right Come next season, we're in, we're into a new stadium, and it's not uncommon um, when clubs move to new stadiums where they start off particularly badly, um, and that new stadium doesn't quite have the atmosphere of um, the old stadium, and 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 they get off to a, you know really slow start. Um, I, I, I think Arsenal had that issue, various others too. I know that hopefully we're less likely to have that problem because I've said it before. You know, the new stadium is pretty much on the same footprint as White Hart, White Hart Lane as we as we know it or knew it. Um, a lot of thoughts been gone into the design of the, of, of the new stadium, but even so, there is a great danger that if people have that negative mindset now, what's it going to be like in the new stadium? Because get off to a bad start, don't win any games, and you can see this, the same source of thoughts, neg- negative thoughts creeping in and people just saying oh i'm not gonna go what's not it's not what it used to be that's a real danger the the thing is the new stadium yes it's going to be it's going to be a new stadium so we may struggle there again but wembley is an event people go there for a final a semi-final you know the rugby the day before was a final it's not it's not like white hart lane as you said earlier a pilgrimage to a place with a shared history and a shared passion it's an event and it's not a Spurs game. It's not, hasn't got that, um, you know, you don't see the Colonel Burgers shouting from the corner. You have, you know, you don't meet your friends on the same corner. You don't know the same pubs. It's a completely different thing. And it, it's, it's, it's not that pilgrimage. And I think that's the issue with it. it it's, it's an event. It's, it's Wembley's designed as a day out. Mm. It was designed, you know, it, I don't think they designed it in mind for, uh, um, uh, every other week and I think the, the, the flaws may get highlighted more as the season goes on and as more people get jaded to it but I hope it doesn't happen but I can see it getting worse OK um, let's move it on from Wembley um, I did say on the this, is, this is cheery isn't it fucking <laughs> cheery this I did, I, did, I, did, I did say on the last podcast I really hope we're not talking about Wembley um Anyway, fortunately, our next next game two weeks from that, for two weeks time is, is Everton away, so um, we won't have to. Who have we got next at Wembley? Swansea, Swansea at home. Oh joy! Okay, we should be able to beat them surely at home, right? Um, let's discuss Champions Champions League draw earlier this week. Um, we drew Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, and Apoel. Um, thoughts on the draw, Connor? If I come to you first. I think there are 
two types of um, reactions. There's the reaction where people want to just, you know, survive in the Champions League as long as we can, you know, get as far as we can, and those people are upset. I'm in the latter group. I want to see um, our boys play uh, the best teams on the biggest stages, and you know, the group stage might not be the biggest stage, but it's the Champions League, and I, w- I want to play uh, the best squads we can. So, I mean, going to Dortmund, uh, going to Madrid, are going to be great matches. Um, and I want to see uh, Toby uh, tackle Ronaldo. And, I mean, I, I, I'm really excited by this, and I think we are good enough um, to play with, with any team in Europe. So... Um, I'm excited. Excited. Uh, to to coin a phrase, top draw, top draw. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you want you want Real Madrid, you want Borussia Dortmund, you don't want Monaco and CSKA in Moscow. Um, and, and like the draw. I mean, who knew Monaco was going to be that good last season? But you, you you know the players want to play the best teams, and you want you know uh, 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 Real Madrid. At Wembley, that's a glory, glory night right there. It it should it will be good. It will be very, very good. Uh, what happened the last time we played the reigning champions of Europe in the Champions League? We slaughtered them. Taxi for Mycon. Bale announced himself, and we were awesome. Bring it on! Bring it on! Good draw. Yeah, I mean the the flip side is everybody says it's a group of de- death, but as you say, last year we had a draw which wasn't really exciting on paper and. And then it proved that we didn't do particularly well. Um, worst case scenario, if we don't do particularly well, I'd rather us struggle against the best teams and, and play the best teams than than against teams that don't excite me anyway. But I think as it as it is, I think we will probably raise our game against some of these teams. And yeah, Madrid are probably the favourites for that group. Um, so it's probably between ourselves and Dortmund for for second spot. Um, the the problem that we might face is that Delhi's out for, for the first three matches that we play. What uh, a numpty. Yeah, but we'll just have to do without him. Um, and the matches that surround our Champions League matches, I mean, they were always going to be difficult, but they uh, you posted something on Facebook that I, I found really interesting looking at them, and I think they're really difficult um uh, weekend matches surrounding the the midweek fixtures. I think I haven't got the, the the list in front of me, but I think I think the first set were okay. But there was a time maybe in October or November when we had um, Madrid, yeah. Madrid United and Liverpool or something yep. like that. Some yeah. some combo. But but that's you know those are the games as fans that we we want to we want to see, and those are the games that players want to play in. So you know bring it on if 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 we don't want to be no disrespect to Burnley or Huddersfield or whoever, but those are the matches that we look forward to over, over the course of the season. Um, I, I'm still slightly concerned that our European form over a number of seasons, particularly in knockout at the knockout stage, um, isn't particularly good. The last time that we won a knockout game away from home was 2011, um, Crouch and the San Siro. Um, so I still think that, irrespective of who we draw, I think there's, there is... A learning curve and I'm not sure that last season 
I mean, we never mind the Champions League games, but against Ghent, we showed an element of naivety, and I think that the big question is, will some of those players have learnt? Um, do we have? Well, we didn't. We didn't learn it from Chelsea from last weekend to, to today, and let a lead slip. So I don't know, have we mm. really? Well, the, it, it's uh, for the for, for Europe for me. It's have we learnt lessons, and do we have the depth? To, in our squads to be able to compete do we have the experience I mean, we know we've got Ericsson and uh, the, the, the Ajax lads um, Jan and Toby um, but do we have enough pedigree you know Kane and Deli Alli um, are now establishing England internationals but they're still very young in terms of experience both internationally and, and particularly at European level um, let's look at transfer so we've got transfer Deadline day is on Thursday, 31st of August. Um, we've signed Sanchez, that's confirmed. Um, so hopefully he will bring a bit of experience. Um, he had a good season last last season with Ajax. How old is Sanchez? I think he's 21. How much experience has he got? He had one, a, year, he, at Ajax. He, one year at Ajax and he got to Europa League final. See, this brings up a wider point. Um, I read an article recently that said Dutch football struggling because the rich club clubs used to wait um, for the players to develop a little more before they poached them. Um, they got get a few seasons under the belt with a team and uh, and then before they got the big move. But now clubs are coming in and poaching them when they're 18, 21, rather than like 24, 25, 26, and then stick them in the reserves or loan like Chelsea, uh, Man City do. And it harms their long-term development. And kind of impacts the fortunes uh, of the players and wider the international teams too. I mean, Janssen's a bit of a case in point here. We signed him after one full season in a top league. Uh, you can't really criticise the club for trying to give and buying players based on potential. Look, we got Ali, and you know, it, it, some work, some don't. But it, it just so shows why some transfers can be a complete gamble. And Sanchez again could be a complete gamble. He, you know. On paper, players can look brilliant, but when they turn up and play, they can be a different kettle of fish completely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the age at which players are moving. All you have to do is look at our back line. I mean, Jan and, and Toby stayed much longer uh, with Ajax than, than Sanchez has, so I think that is definitely a concern. Mm. Sanchez is one of the players that come in. Gazaniga, um, who was unveiled of a I suppose he'd be our third goalkeeper or we'll be competing with Vorm. Maybe, dare I say, competing with Lloris. I, I doubt it very much, but he's yeah, he was unveiled today along with Sanchez before the game. Um, and then Pochettino said on his press conference on Friday that we would be looking to sign three other players, three other outfield players, so five in total. Um, and the ones that we've been linked with, Uriah, who we'll come on, come on to in a minute, Foyth, um, those deals look to be going through. Barkley's the one that's been mentioned a lot over the summer. Um, and then Vimmer. Sorry. Can I just say, is Foyth rowing to England from Argentina? He's taken a long time. <laughs> There's been so. Oh, he's on his way. He'll be here on Monday or whatever. It's like a Viking saga our transfer situation. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's all played out on Twitter and social media, and everybody gets hold of something, and it's like, oh, he's on his way. He'll be here. He'll be here. And then, oh, you get, then, then you get the ITKs who, who say that they've seen oh. him somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Vimmer's going looks like the other way. 15 million moves to Stoke. That sort of makes sense. Um, with Sanchez coming in, and then Carter Vickers was loaned out to Sheffield United the other the other day. So, uh, question on Uriah. Um, now, I, I've i got real mixed feelings about this, because up until a few weeks ago, I was of the mindset that I didn't want Uriah, um, for one, for footballing reasons, because I thought that it would stifle Carl Walker-Peters' development. Um, I'm now of the mindset that, actually, he looks... From a footballing point of view, he looks a good player, and let's get him in, and he can compete with Trippier. Um, and Carl Walker Peters, he, he's quite versatile. He played for for the England under twenties at left back, so he could provide us some cover there. So that's on the footballing side of things. I'm I, I actually starting to come round to the prospects of us signing him um, because he does look like a tasty player. However. I still am really un- uneasy about what he's done off th- off the field. So he's got a two month prison sentence for assaulting a police officer. Suspended. 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 Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, there was some doubt whether he would he would be allowed in the UK because of that. And then he held a famously held a, or infamously he held held a question and answer session with supporters via um, via Periscope. And during the broadcast, he he aimed insults insults at his then manager Lauren Blog and one of his then teammates Slatan Ibrahimovic um, and Dimria and Sirigu as well there yeah. was there was a, there was a litany of players S- Sirigu and and uh uh, uh Deville I believe okay um and yeah there was, was a few others um and he said off one a participant asked Aria if his manager Blanc engages in oral sexual activity with Ibrahimovic, to which Uriah replied, he takes everything. And then in the same video, he goes on to describe his manager as, um, excuse the pronunciation, Una Fiota, which translates into English as a faggot. Uh, he then went on to make other derogatory and, derogatory and disparaging remarks about other teammates too. Now, uh, quite from the fact that that's pretty disgusting and abhorrent, some of the things he said. Um, how would uh, how would that fit into a, in, in any football dressing dressing room? I mean, players, particularly our dressing room, when there's so much cohesion and everybody gets on with one another or, or, or seems to. Um, I just beggars belief that we're we're linked with him. I can't condone any any level of racist or homophobic rhetoric or any kind of intolerance from anybody. Um, it, it, it just doesn't wash with me. If, if It needs to be called out when it happens and it needs to be um, pointed out to people that, they're, that it's wrong. You have to be intolerant of intolerance, basically. And it seems he's got a, a, quite a, a, a homophobic, violent personality. Can uh, Poch control the, it? Is my I, question. Sorry, will, Connor. No, no, no. It's fine. I will say this: the uh, the reports that I read about the um, the assault with the police officer, the reports that I heard were saying that um, there was a pretty serious um, amount of racial profiling that was occurring um, of him, and not that that you know uh, changes. Uh, um, whether it was right or wrong, but it, it adds a certain level to it. 
Um, as far as as far as assigning him, uh, I think on the pitch, he reminds me um, of a more physical version of that lad that we just sold, who was like a shit version of Kyle Walker Peters. I forget I forget the dude's name, but um, <laughs> he reminds me of a more physical version of him. Um, so I think he would be a good fit. Um, I I like you, Jav, was very against this. I think Aaron last week. Uh, quoted uh, Bex saying that um, get the fuck out of my club and I, I was I was right there uh, with you but I don't know just thinking about it more and more I, I think the problem is that um, the his apology afterwards did not come across as sincere it didn't come across as if you know he did something stupid I mean he's a 20 mid-20s kid, really, and he said something extremely hurtful, and if he had come out and said, you know, that's not who I am, I, I, there are no excuses, there are no rationales that make it any better, I, I, uh, you know, I have to be better, I'm given this platform, I need to be, you know, I need to be very conscious of what I'm saying, that doesn't reflect on me as a person, I think a lot of people would, you know, start to look past it and say this doesn't you know represent who he is as a as a person but absent a statement like that or some some type of you know representation that you know the what he's saying doesn't represent who he is as a person i think you you can't you can't want him at your club that being said if he were to do that if he were to um in his press conference for for Spurs say, hey, you know, what I just said about it not being a part of his character, I'm looking at this as a, you know, a fresh start where I can, you know, um, move past these past transgressions and, you know, I want to be a better person and things of that nature and it, it seemed genuine and honest, then I don't think that this incident should um, blackball him from world soccer for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. I think the the hardest part is we we all love our club and we want to we that's why we do this that's why we we go and sing songs and and you know let football have, have such a grip on our on our emotions so we don't want anyone at our club who we can't love because we want to love everything about our club so I think that is the the toughest part is I can't ever imagine buying uh, a kit with his name on it so that makes it a really tough to swallow. I mean, going by that, the, the Graham Roberts quote, you know, the, the name on the front is bigger than the name on the back. He, he, at the end of the day, he's just a player. He'll be gone in five or six years, potentially sooner if he if he plays up. But the thing is, uh, as fans, sometimes we can be just as bad as some of the things he said, you know, singing songs about Adaboyle washing elephants and having Sol ha- Campbell hanged. So there's a bit of double standards here, really. Yeah. Uh, you're right. We've got to give the guy a chance. We have to. I mean, he's in his mid-20s. If, I, if my entire professional career was defined by, you know, stupid things that I did, obviously I'm, I'm not saying that it rose to this level, but, I mean, we're not all perfect, and we, he, he should be given an opportunity to show that that isn't who he is, that isn't his character. And if it is his character... Then absolutely he should be blackballed because there's no spot, there's no place for that in this uh, arena. So, but you know he's 
a child still in many mm. respects from from a footballing point of view i think the, i said from what i've seen of him the prospect of him he, he looks a lot better than the manchester city right back he looks a better footballer overall he's got pace he's got power technically he looks a lot better um and i i think yeah he would certainly strengthen us i think that would give us that bit of competition for trippier Carl Walker Peters could possibly then play on the left and and cover Davis while whilst we're waiting for Rose to come back, um, and then if we play with wing backs, hopefully we could we could see um, Sanchez at the back with with um, Vertonghen and Alavero, and then you've got some competition in, in the centre of the midfield with Dyer and Wanyama, and then possibly Dembele and Winks. Um, just. Do you think he walks into uh, the starting eleven after today's performance from Trippier? Yes, um, Trippier let us down. To he don't want to point fingers at people, but he was at, at fault today. Um, so yes, I think he does. If 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 Poch can work his magic, he'll make the uh, the guy that went to Man City look like Alan Hun. We've got, we've I think the, the, got a player. the problem problem with Trippier is two things. One, he's not fully fit. Secondly, he doesn't have anybody pushing him, or he doesn't have anybody to push. And last season, he was competing with Walker. And at the moment, you know, he's been given the number number two um, shirt, squad, squad number, which is fine. That's that, that's that's great. That's that shows the faith that we've got in him and and been awarded a new contract. But perhaps. He's in his comfort zone, and he needs somebody to compete with, in, in order to get the, the best out uh, out of him. Just one last thing on on Uria, and this is a paradox here. So, quote from Pochettino: "For discipline and good good behaviour, this is a, a, from an interview twelve months ago. For, for discipline and good behaviour, it's important players are always kind with teammates. It was unacceptable behaviour, and for that we were very strong with him. This is in relation to Osvaldo at Saints for headbutting." Fonte goes on. To, Pochettino then goes on to say, "Football is a big, big world, and it's impossible for a manager or people in football who make decisions to say they never ever made a mistake. Anyone saying that is a big liar." Um, he then goes on to say, "If you bring someone, someone who is a normal player and not a good man, then you do it for what? It's bringing them for the sake of it. You need to bring the right profile and." quality enough to help us and improve the squad for me when you spend more than 15 to 18 million the first thing you need to bring good things like good behavior responsibility discipline professionalism then he should have enough quality to improve the squad that's very important i that just to me really goes against the grain if we do sign Maria, unless you know unless he's changed unless he's shown remorse um and pochettino feels he's 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 moved on um they must have spoken they might he must he must have poch must have sat down with a guy and got a level of um what he is uh you know and and where he is in his life it, it, he's probably been because of what happened at psg he's probably been sat and he wants to play and he's probably eager so that might work in our favor but he he you know he must know what he's getting into poch must know what he's getting into here one one other one other thing is tactically he uh he has played in his career on the left um at high levels um so he's capable in both midfield on the right and uh left back on the left 
Okay, um, so fourth was the other one we mentioned. We had a question from Greg Taylor who says, do you think Poch looked at a sleeping one fourth's legs when he last visited Argentina? So if you don't know, this is in, re- <laughs> this is in reference to, there was a, an interview or a, an article um, last week, I think it was in the Daily Telegraph, about Pochettino and the fact that um, the legendary Argentinian manager Bielsa, who... Um, Pochettino worked with um, both at Neil's Neil Old Boys and also at um, when Bielsa was managing Argentina. Um, Bielsa walked into um, a room where Pochettino and a few other players were sleeping, and he said, "Oh, he looked at uh, looked at a young fifteen-year-old Pochettino's legs and said, these are the legs of a f- footballer.' Which sounds very creepy, if but if that <laughs> story is true, it does it really? That that, that is quite. A- <laughs> sinister little story there i'm not sure you could add any like change it like these are the legs of x and anything x is okay i'm, I'm not sure <laughs> that phrase is ever okay hey, well these are the legs of a horse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's say i i i, I, I suspect Poch, maurizio Pochino didn't do that but let's say that he made um a qualified judgment and he any and he's seen a player um in fourth, in the same way that Bielsa did um, when he spotted Pochettino all those year- years ago, minus the sleeping and uh, looking at his legs. Um, okay. I, that's I'm, a story I could use to scare my kids. With. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the topic of foot, though, I I think with um, Carter Vickers uh, out on loan, and Vimmer obviously is going to be leaving. Um, I think we certainly need a uh, another center back signing, and I think that player has to be capable of uh, probably being a substitute in um, important matches for us and potentially playing minutes. So I think Foyth is is more of a player that we see for the future, and I'm not sure he's a player that Pochettino seems. Uh, to think it's going to contribute right away. But if we don't get fourth, we need to get at least one other central midfielder. Um, Just because we're going to be using Dyer, it seems like more as a midfielder. And I think bouncing between positions is probably not something uh, we want Dyer to be doing at this time. All the the play, you know, Aurea can be a wing back but it, it seems with Foyth and Sanchez we're buying defensive minded players when we had the the, the, the meanest defence last season we need I'd like to see us to buy some uh, you know um, exciting young speedy attacking talent if I'm honest mm. uh, just to just to change things up front because if you if a, a criticism of today's game is everybody looks just a little bit bored they, you know, they it was it was almost they were going things, uh, you know, painting by numbers almost. It was the same movements and the same, you know, there was a Dembele burst through the middle. It was played out to Son who cut in and it was blocked and it bounced back out and it was worked to the other side. It was just all the same sort of thing. It, we need we need something in there to shake that up. Well, maybe maybe Barkley might be that player. Maybe. Lamella will be back before we know it. Um, yeah, look, yeah. I, I, again, keep forgetting about Lamella. He's sitting, you know, he, uh, he will change that when it comes. But back. he he will. I mean, he's it's a long term injury. So how long he, he he'll get back to match fitness is is another 
thing altogether. Um, okay, final two questions. David Fornell, has the ridiculous transfer fee of Neymar caught out Spurs in their last-minute activity, thus having to pay more for any target now? Is this not more to do with the um, the, the obscene amount of money that pe- teams are getting from the, 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 the deals that the Premiership and the Premier League are, are striking? Uh, you know, we get we're getting obscene amount of money. You know, like a couple of seasons ago, fifteen million pounds bought you an average player. This season, it seems thirty million pounds buys you an average player. Thirty million pounds for an average player is ridiculous. It's ridiculous volumes of money, and especially with the wages that people been paid. The, one of the reasons why a proposed transfer I read this week failed of Jaden Sancho, um, the the lad from Man City, is that he wanted thirty grand a week for you know for a for a 19 year old it's it's silly it's silly money i don't think it's the name on money i think it's the money swilling about in the in the premier league more i i definitely agree with with that i mean it's there's a reason why when you've just sold a player for a large sum getting in players is more expensive it's because they know you have money to spend so the the revenues coming in obviously means that teams have more money to spend which means prices of players are, are going up but I think I think it's a good point that uh, a mega sale like Neymar resets the market um, and it and it changes what used to be the cap on the most expensive players so it it, it just changes the scale it mo- it enlarges it which forces is, forces everything else to move I mean people ask um, I had a discussion with a non-Spurs supporter, and he was asking, how much do I think Deli Alley is worth? And I said, if you take whatever Coutinho gets and add maybe 20, 30 mil, depending on what it, what it actually comes out to, because that's how transfers are priced, in my opinion, is you know a premium on or relative to other, uh, other players. So I think, I think it's both factors, for sure. I think certainly the um, the Neymar transfer will have a ripple effect. So, for example, um, they sold Neymar. They're going to look to replace him. They go for Coutinho. Liverpool are going to demand X amount for Coutinho. And then if eventually, if that deal goes through, then you know clubs will know, right, Liverpool, for example, have got 100-plus million on the back of Coutinho. So then if somebody's... If Liverpool are trying to buy, I don't know, let's say, um, let's just say Ross Barkley for the sake of argument, um, not a good example from from, from Everton. Um, Everton are going, to be, are going to be like, well, so you've got 100 plus million. Um, so that's then going to have that start to have that ripple, ripple effect into um, our domestic league. But I, so I think there is definitely effect there. But I think possibly, though, first and foremost, as you said, John, the sky money. Um, Sky, BT, all the extra money that's come in from new TV deals, that's going to have the biggest effect first and foremost. And dare I say it, the transfer of that that right-back to Manchester City, that was a big domestic transfer. And I think that will have an an even bigger ripple effect first and foremost. Um, I mean, look look what Everton spent this season. Uh, you know, uh, Man City have, have spent more on their defence than Cuba spend on their defence. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's ri- it is ridiculous volumes of money. It really is silly amounts of money, and uh, it, it's unsustainable in the current format. It really is. It's got to change. There, there has to be 
Uh, especially with Chelsea, you're having like 40 players out or 45 players out on loan or whatever it is. There needs to be a cap on squads. There needs to be a cap on the amount of wages you can pay to a squad. So it's evened out and everybody will have the same volume. But this then goes back to the same sort of thing that Jimmy Hill rallied against and uh, the, 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 the basic wage for footballers that he abolished. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a right and wrong answer. Somebody once said to me that um, perhaps you should only, a club should only be able to sign players that were born within 10 miles of the club. Perhaps that's the way forward. Um, before the final question, um, I should have come to this earlier, but Everton's our next match two weeks' time. Um, we've got the international break in the middle. Um, very quickly, predictions, how do you see that going? Connor, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, statement match, 4-1 victory. Uh, a brace for Harry Kane. Two-all draw. Yeah, um, I'm going to sit on the fence and go for one all. It's always always difficult going to Goodison Park, so I'm going I'm to go for one all. Okay, um, I hope that Connor, you got it right, but yeah, I, I difficult place to go, but but we'll see. Um, okay, final question. So, reoccurring question on the pod from our very own John Steggles. Um, you're on a de- desert island. Who from the current squad do you vote as leader? And if it all goes Lord of the Flies, who do you eat first? So I, I, I base this on who I think could survive on an island. And looking, <laughs> looking at pictures of the squad, I don't think there's one of them between them that can last a day without having a Nando's black card in their wallet <laughs> and, or a takeaway on call. So I'm going for in charge Yang Vertonghen because he got the, the, the you know that he sits and plays Catan, which I love playing. So he's a, a board game player, so I'm, he gets my vote. Eating, I'm going to go for Janssen because I reckon he's got some nice fat marbling on his meat and he'd be more, the most veal-like because of the amount he doesn't play. Um, and I'd eat him with a nice bottle of Chianti if I could get one. <laughs> um, I'll stick with defenders. Um, I think. Uh, Toby takes charge of the back. Like authoritative um, uh, leaders, apparently. Um, so I'll say uh, uh, Toby's in charge. And then, as far as eating, I, I mean, if it's going Lord of the Flies, then I really have to, you know, protect myself. And I think there's, uh, you know, one player who uh, would not let harm befall anyone on the squad, and that's Eric Dyer. So I think if it goes Lord of the Flies, I have to be concerned that I'll be the you know, odd man out. So I'm going to go with, you got to eat Eric Dyer to, you know, stave off uh, my own demise. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> right. Um, John, Jeff, have you answered this? Uh, who did you who say? Did I, I can't remember. Probably Sissoko or Wanyama. I can't remember. Um, it was on the first I think week. you said that's how we, we got to get rid of Sissoko. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd just throw him off a cliff. I wouldn't bother eating him. I doubt he's very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> right um the next podcast will be recorded um two weeks today um the day after we play everton so sunday the 10th of september um as ever john thank you no it's a pleasure um can i just give some props to the uh glasgow spurs supporters club who i had the pleasure of watching the newcastle game with um very nice to meet them all and go up there and, and have have a drink and watch the game with them it's very pleasurable Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, guys. They're a good bunch. Um, Connor, thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, I, I mean, if we're going to do shout-outs, I have to shout-out to uh, the American supporters in Nashville and Orlando. 
um, atmosphere was amazing. It was an amazing event, uh, and I was uh, happy to be a part of it. Until um, the next pod, um, as ever, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather around and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.